Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk of the world I see. I want to talk about the eugenics program they're pushing. I want to talk about how they want to turn us into a bunch of weird sexless workers. They want to map a child's brain and then take that map of the child's brain and say, wait, your child's brain doesn't look like this. Can we change it and form it into what we want it to be? And you will say, possibly if you're retarded. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about depression. Let's talk about how they want to help you with it. Let's talk about but the simple fact is they don't want to help your dopamine. They just want to make you more productive. They don't like that part of depression. The part where you lay in your bed and make it Preston. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about how we are going to get programmed into these things that aren't really good. Let's talk about Jeremy Ferreira or however you pronounce his last name. Okay, that's it. This poor fellow isn't sharp. He's weary and confused. He doesn't care about us, and he probably doesn't know what he's talking, 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 talking about. And you, you are puzzled. You're in the zone. Even you can't believe how productive you've been. Your memo is finished, your inbox is under control, and you're feeling sharper than you have in a decade. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song, sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure, your theta brainwave activity decreasing in the temporal regions of your brain. You mentally move the cursor to the left and scroll through your brain data over the past few hours. You can see your stress levels rising as the deadline to finish your memo approached, causing a peak in your beta brainwave activity right before an alert popped up, telling you to take a brain break. But what's that unusual change in your brain activity when you're asleep? It started earlier in the month. You send a text message to your doctor with a mental swipe of your cursor. Could you take a quick look at my brain data? Anything to worry about? Your mind starts to wander to the new colleague on your team, whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about, given the policy against intra-office romance. But you can't help fantasizing just a little. But then you start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity and shift your attention back to the present. You breathe a sigh of relief when the email she sends you later that day congratulates you on your brain metrics from the past quarter, which have earned you another performance bonus. You head home, jamming to the music, with your work-issued brain-sensing earbuds still in. 
When you arrive at work the next day, a somber cloud has fallen over the office. Along with emails, text messages, and GPS location data, the government has subpoenaed employees' brainwave data from the past year. They have compelling evidence that one of your coworkers has committed massive wire fraud. Now, they're looking for his co-conspirators. So that's not even really what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk a, a, a little bit about Welcome Leap. And I tried to read some of it. And uh, it was like, I recorded like fucking 15 minutes of me kind of trying to read it. And it's, and I am retarded. I can barely, I guess, read or pronounce some of these big words. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the first 1,000 days promoting healthy brain networks. Um, so this is program's goals. Okay, I'm going to try to redo this. Um, develop a fully integrated model of the network development in the first 1,000 days of life. So they want to make a model of a child's brain of its first 1,000 days from... And how they want to do this um, is by trackables. Everything from like wearable, wearables to uh, cameras, um, like, e, like uh, heart rate, uh, stuff for your mind or your brain synapses. Like they want to track literally everything about a child. And for the reason why is they want to, um, this, this stuff, um, they want, man, I'm, I'm just looking at it and I'm drawing a blank again because it's just, uh, how many pages is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven pages. Um, so, okay. Uh, timing is critical because development windows are narrow. For example, previously, okay. During the first 1,000 days, the brain function goes under extensive network construction and remodeling in response to interactions with the environment that in turn endows a capacity to successfully live in that environment. For example, a child's postnatal nutrition influences the house of circuit formation. Their physical exploration is key to the development of sensor motor skills in their social interactions with caregivers are central to the language and emotional development. But we lack, and uh, I spent a good time in an incubator afterwards, I, uh, not being touched by my mother because of my uh, heart condition. <laughs> Did not get touched. Uh, I wonder how, I think it was like two weeks, three weeks, something like that, until they could take me home to properly uh, touch me. <laughs> that doesn't sound right to touch me but uh yeah that's the the word I'm the the phrase I'm going with but we lack the tools and models that are predictive of the influence and dependency of these factors on individual network 
Without them, we cannot optimize the key ingredients necessary for promoting healthy brain development, nor identifying those at risk of underdevelopment. Its timing is critical because development windows are narrow. For example, previously neglected children admitted into foster care before 24 months versus those admitted 26 months show significant decrease in their ability to regain aspects of cognitive function by adolescents. And the results can be dramatic. If we could accurately predict and improve EF outcomes by 20 and 80% of children before three, we could reduce the likelihood of childhood obesity by nearly 20%, reduce the risk of accelerated aging by 12%, and potentially reduce the risk of encounters of crime by 20%. So what it wants to do is to take a large network of children, right? And then figure out why X, Y, and Z. And then they are going to make a model of the perfect child brain. And then they want to take that model and be like, this is a perfect brain. We can get your child's brain to look like this. We can try to re- rework your child's mind to fit in this puzzle of our design, which sounds fucking terrifying to me, in my opinion. Um, so the other one I want to briefly talk about. Um, shit, where'd it go? Um it's uh, the multi-channel psych revealing mechanisms of, uh, how do you pronounce this word? Once again, I am retarded. Pronunciation. Um, anhedonia. Um, while there are many definitions of anhedonia, we are less interested in the investigation of reduction uh consumptory pleasure in the general experience of pleasure or the inability to experience pleasure. Rather, as per se, the description above, we will prioritize investigations of anhedonia as it relates to impairments of effort-based reward system, e.g. reduced motivation to complete tasks and decreased capacity to apply effort to achieve a goal. So in other words, they don't care about depression in the sense of making your life better they only care about depression in the sense that they don't want it to interfere with an individual's ability to work so it's not improving life it's just improving the working can i guess working conditions or it's just improving the simple fact that you want to go to work and i had a woman today at work, told me that next time you go up, and this woman had a fake fucking smile, you could, like, when somebody has such a wide fake smile, you can't help but wonder what darkness is in them, what type of narcissistic person this is, because I know somebody that has the fakest fucking smile I see. And you know the smile I'm talking about where they also try not to blink. And it's 
unhumanly like they are getting into their evil lizard brain in my opinion and it's quite unnerving so this woman smiling the smile you all know with the eyes that are wide but not super expressive you see that there is a shallowness in what i can only describe as a blank uncaring look there's no glint it's not even a shimmering puddle it is a person that is not dead inside but wants you to be a husk of a person in order for them to get what they want so she tells me next customer you should really try smiling at them. In, I don't care. I care enough about this job that I will, like, it's my part-time job. I care about this job enough to not to get myself fired by saying to this woman, I'm sorry, and then I smile and I sing you a song that goes a little something like this. I'm sorry, I wasn't smiling. I was just thinking about hanging from the rafters. I'm sorry. Wait, I got a better room. I would be smiling if I hanging from the rafters. No, wait. I would be happy if I was hanging from the rafters. I'd be smiling with a bullet in my brain. If only I could kill myself right now in front of you, then I could die happy and make uh uh um and make a point uh out of you to see that my point of view is that smiling for no fucking reason makes me want to kill myself more smiling for no apparent reason is a bore you should take your shiny shiny pearly whites and maybe think that somebody has depression inside something like that so this bitch would love for me to be motivated to achieve their goal. Um, and then afterwards, I was like, I was smiling because I was helping old ladies that are nice. Like, bitch. Mm. Um, so, uh, leap notes in... Uh, <coughs> I've been sick. That's why I didn't release a episode last week, but... Uh, the novel or existing behavior modification, psychotherapy, medication, neurosimulation options, while also capturing an individual's genome, phenome, or the sum of an individual's phenotype traits, neural network connectivity. So it wants to get all your fucking rewarding process plasticity levels. I don't know what the fuck that means. So it, uh, I guess... It ultimately aims to predict the relationship between an individual's genome to how re uh, reward processing the functions of the brain. It implies that the data would be used to create a model should involve using a wearable. They just love wearables. Should seek 
to leverage high-frequency patient-worn or in-home measurements. Uh, this is terrifying to me. So, like, there's a bunch of other mumbo-jumbo that means not a lot to me. Um, like, they want um, stress reduction and immunity because stress, having a lot of stress makes you sometimes more immune to stuff and it helps with fertility. Um, but we specif specificially encourage the development of non-invasive technology to directly interrogate human brain state. Examples include a non-invasive spinal tap equivalent or behavioral or biomarker probes of neuroplasticity and single scission neuromonitoring capabilities that define a treatment predictive brain state. What? So it doesn't want to do, so it wants to develop a non-invasive wearable. So, um, uh, uh, Elon Musk, what is that shit? Neuralink. So it wants to make, so, so the neuro, the idea of Neuralink was put in to our brain. When, when, when was that announced? Neuralink. When the fuck was that? Neuralink. Uh, 2016 and reported 2017. So, the idea of Neuralink has been around for about five years. And uh, that gives us enough time to sort of come to grips with uh, non-invasive wearables that will... Go in, okay, when I click on Neuralink, where is this interaction with the brain? Engineering with the brain. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on the Neuralink website, and, it, and just like looking at it seems to tie into exactly what this is talking about. So it, I wonder if Musk has something to do with it. Anyways, uh, conspiracy, are they going to try to fuck with our minds even more? Because clearly pills creates shooters and, uh, and, and other things. Why is my phone going off? Um, so yeah, I just had to take a break. Um... I do have to say they have spoken about uh, things like this at uh, Davos before and how governments want to use it on their population to kind of be more or less in control. Um, think of how, I mean, uh, you could, this, uh, this is just it's it's just terrifying. It's terrifying what you can see and find if you look hard enough or if you're um into the things that I am. Like I learn about this through unlimited hangout with Whitney Webb, which some of that I did kind of read off of her uh show notes. So, if you really want to learn about this sort of stuff, Unlimited Hangout with Whitney Webb or go to the website welcomeleap.org 
um, get the PDF files, read it for yourself, come to your own conclusions. Um, but this stuff terrifies me and I'm not for it. Obviously, if you heard me, I'm not for uh, transhumanism. Let me fucking die. Don't put a chip in me. Fuck you, Elon Musk. So it seems like the only options are going to be drugs or technology or wearables. Um, because the drugs are failing, so they they had to, you know, put something on us for now. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what is going to happen. Well, I do have to say, I've been in a Discord, the Nirvana, the Bay, and the Show Discord. <laughs> Shout out. Don't think anyone's listening from those fuckers. Uh, they were so happy to put, like, magnets in their fingertips, and I'm like, hey, assholes. Fuck it. Fuck around with an MRI. Let's see them fucking bloody fingertips get ripped out. Oh, I can pick. Look at this. Look at this picture of me fucking hovering a paperclip. Cool, bitch. I can just pick one up. What is it really saving you? I used to think my generation or the younger ones or something kind of like that. Um, I, 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 I assume every every generation's had this sort of sense of like, we're going to be the ones that finally break free. And I'm like, no, no, we're not. The, the way I look, we're, we're more divided in a way than ever. You, any, any time I try to talk to people, my, unless you're like, obviously, unless you're into the shit I'm into, you're not going to really be on my side because I'm like, Hey, um, since I voted, I voted third party and they're like, you're part of the problem. And I'm like, but the Democrats and the Republicans are funded by the same, and was it like six corporations own 90% of the media? It's worse than when Chomsky wrote about it and Edward S. Herman wrote about it. And like, when did, when did, uh, uh, when did, uh, manufacturing consent come out? Manufacturing consent. And you're like, it came out in 88. Man, I thought, I, I thought I was, I was going to say the 80s. So I'll say that, and they'd be like, how is it worse when there's more freedom? <laughs> what? You're talking about the freedom they give us, so the, the, the illusion of choice? Come on. And then, well, third party is a waste of vote because they're never going to get enough votes to get stage time and so you just answered the fucking riddle right there. If you vote, then they will get stage time. I, I'm pre- I, I I feel like I've ranted about this before, and and it, it and it bothers me because people don't care. It's it's fun for me to hear old people at work bitch about the other party when they're all pro-war they're all pro-wall street the democrats that represent the working class what have they been doing the this entire time there's been workers striking going hard against them sending the police against them i watched an Amer. it's called american dream it's about the hormel strike in 85 86 
and sure as shit, they sent police. They sent fucking riot gear, batons ready to beat some fucking people's asses. It doesn't change. The whole saying of you, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat yourself. I just think it's just a constant echo. I don't think anything has ever changed in existence ever as far as humanity. Cause if, if you look at the way we live in a failed state or in, in times of capitalism, um, we live in what is it's called? What inverted totalitarianism? I think it's what, uh, can I, I wish I knew how to spell the words that I, some, some of them I know how to say. What does this sound like? Inverted totalitarianism, a system where corporations have corrupted and subverted democracy and where economic best politics, every natural resource and living being is a, it's a commodified and exploited by large corporations to the point of collapse as excessive consumerism, sensationalism, lull and manipulate the citizenry in order to surrendering their liberties and their participation in government. That is what's happening. You say that to somebody in my age bracket and they go, no, no. Well, partially yes, but Republicans. And you're like, it's like when some of them hate each other, right? But most of them don't. How can you believe it when you've seen Bill Clinton and Trump and and, 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 and all of them partying? And it's the same thing like lawyers. Like, yeah, I'm sure some hate one another, but at the end of the day, they go out and have drinks together and talk shit about their pieces of shit clients, us, and how much money they made off of us and how uh, fucking oh, uh, I pay you $200 an hour for you to just sit there and read something I wrote $200 but you gotta have somebody represent you fucking this is why I want to kill myself I don't see anything getting better the only thing that's going to happen is a collapse. That's for fucking sure. We're fucking Rome, Greece, all, all, you know, you know, the big ones all collapsed. That's America. We're going to, we're going to collapse and. Oh, well, fuck it. I'll be hopefully older by then. And by that time, suicide will be even that much sweeter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And if it's not obvious, I keep taking breaks. I keep stopping and starting. But anyways, I want to get away from that and focus on what I seen the other day. And that was at work. There was a dude holding it down with a full two liter. I have not seen somebody hold it down with a full two liter in such a long time. I don't even know if I've ever held it down with a full two liter in my life. I may have drank a full two liter in a day, not knowing it, 
But I've never carried a full two liter and held that shit down. This dude had a mug. And I'm talking a two liter of mug. He held that bitch by the neck like it was a chicken. And he was getting down and fucking having at it. He didn't like nonchalantly like kind of hold it like like if i if i had to held a two liter and walk around i would try to be like walking with it in parallel to my legs or like holding it under my arm to try to hide it because that shit that's for children a two liter holding it down with a full two liter is for a child and more than likely a white trash child. More than likely a child that's going to be up until 2 a.m., 3 a.m., playing whatever the fuck children play today. Is it Fortnite still? I don't fucking know. A child holding it down with a two-liter, you're looking for not having a good time as a parent. I can tell you that. You're, you're looking at waking up to the child fucking peering over you Almost like a possessed child. You're talking possessed by Mountain Dew. A child possessed by Mountain Dew is something to fear because they are ravenous. They will be provoked at anything. And by being provoked, they it's not necessarily an attack. It could be anything. You don't know what a child on a two-liter is going to do. Now, homeboy was holding it down. He was holding that bitch by the neck and showing it off. He was proud. He I, and he doesn't work in my area, so I don't know if he finished it, but I'm sure he finished it. Homeboy had a belly on him, and I've had a brief conversation with him, and he kind of reminds me of Sal from Impractical Jokers. He's kind of got that face. He's kind of got that cheerfulness about him. You know, that woman that told me to be smiling would never tell him to be smiling because my homeboy holds it down with a two-liter and he smiles. Now, that bitch would be like, oh, you holding it down with a two-liter? Look at you. Probably not. Probably not. She probably, hmm, how would she approach a homeboy holding it down with a two-liter? Well, the problem was I wasn't smiling, and he and that dude smiles. So I don't think there would be an issue. Anyways, homeboy was holding it down with the two-liter, and I couldn't I could not be as proud, embarrassed, bewildered, excited amused and puzzled by it because I've never seen a grown-up holding it down with a two-liter besides a drug addict and mind you I don't think this kid's a drug addict when I talked to him he's an addicted to Elden Ring I will tell you that he was telling me about it and he was telling me as if I already know about these things and I told him I don't understand anything that you're talking about. 
So then he showed me the phone. And you you ever have somebody that just shows you their phone? Like they they just kind of put it and then shove it in your face and put it and shove it in your face. So this is the type of homie we're talking about who holds it down with a two liter and shoves the phone in the face because you don't know what Elden Ring, you know what it is. You've never played it. You don't understand it. You you understand that it's a game, like a Dark Souls game, I think, and it's going to be hard, but you don't play it. You don't know that much about it, but he's going to tell you. He's going to tell you the lore. He's going to tell you everything you've never wanted to know about his favorite thing as he holds it down with a two-liter. And he doesn't offer or ask if you would want to sip because that implies he's not drinking straight out of it. And when you hold it down with the two-liter, homie's going to drink out that neck. He's going to drink off that neck. And I'm sure it got warm. I'm sure it got a little unsavory. But when you're holding it down with a two-liter, you know what's going to happen. It doesn't always stay cold. Especially when you're working eight hours. Unless he put it in between breaks and lunches in a refrigerator or freezer. Maybe refilled uh, a thermos with it. But I don't see him doing that. You should have seen the swagger as he grasped the neck of the mug. Homeboy could never... Be ashamed for holding it down for a two-liter. And because of that, I have to say he may be more of a man than I could ever be. Because as I told you, I would be ashamed in trying to hide the fact that I had a two-liter on me. In a two-liter, if I had, at least it was mug. I think it'd be, it would definitely be worse if it was Mountain Dew. Um, especially if it was like a code red or a different flavored. Now a mug, I have to say a root beer that is a little more class and you might be, I like, I like the B one. I like the B, the B root beer. I don't even know. I, I, I know what it looks like, but I've never said it out loud. I don't dare what is it even called with a, is it barrel? No, barrel candy. What is, what is, root beer soda. And by soda, I mean pop. Um, Root beer soda brands. What is, is it, what is it called? Brack? Bra, brag, brags? What, what is this? Root beer, B-A-R- Q, it's Brad Breaks. How do you pronounce? How do you pronounce this? Pro. Oh, leave me alone, Google. Barks. It's called Barks. Well, that makes sense. I'm just retarded and thought you had to pronounce it with a Q. Barks. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but homeboy was holding it down with a mug. And not a Barks or an A&W, but a mug. Uh. 
and I'm holding it down with a Zevia creamy root beer. So how about that? I have to say that looking back on movies, at least for me, you can tell it's a piece of propaganda. But what about today's movies? What about the propaganda they're pushing out today? I watched a World War II movie. And before you think you know what movie I'm talking about, you probably don't. And if you do, that's weird because this one isn't glitzy. It's not glamoury. It's not about fighting. It's about surviving. I would honestly say this movie qualifies as a horror movie. Now, I'm not one for horror movies. I'm not for films of fright. I'm not for scary scenes, uh, scary um, whatever. You understand me. This movie I'm talking about is Come and See, and it's by Russia. It's by a Russian. Oh, Russia. Oh, Hey, remember when they weren't the bad guy? Uh, <laughs> um, Come and See is the guy who wrote it, um, from what I remember, was it was a child during it in Belarus, and it's based around his life, what he witnessed trying to stay alive. In the movie, it's about a young boy who joins the rebels to fight the Nazis, and from there, just they get bombed he runs home with a with a woman with a, another young girl and uh lo and behold everyone's dead from there he tries to find the rebels again and in the beginning he's uh he's a he's got a full head of hair and he's laughing he's giggling and you see the humanity, the the childhood. You see everything be taken from this boy, his family, everyone he's known and loved. And at the very end, he has gray hair. He looks like he's an old man. It's quite horrifying. There's a scene where... He knows that the Nazis are bad. He knows he's been surviving the whole entire time being smart. And uh, he's in a village. And the Nazis have arrived. And they are, the, the people, the villagers are put into a giant barn. Um, at first, it's, the, uh, at first, they are gathering people to go with them. We're going to take you away from here, yada, yada, yada. You know what's going to happen to them. For those that don't, they get put into a barn. And unfortunately, he does too. And uh, he escapes one of the only survivors before the barn is gassed, burned, and then shot so no one can survive. And afterwards, he's left alone in a sort of pity, the Nazis grab him to take a picture. And as 
The gun is put to his head and the flash is taken. You can see the last bit of humanity taken from him. It's almost as if he wanted to die to end what is happening, to end the suffering he is going through and what he will have to endure if he is left alive. And afterwards, he's just sort of lays in the mud and gets kicked around, <laughs> gets asked and harassed. But the film ends and it shows that although the kid, although people are so evil, there is still a child in them. And by that, I mean it ends with the kid shooting at a picture of Hitler on the floor, on the on the ground. And as he shoots, the movie will go to real footage of Hitler. And then the more he shoots, it shows... Um, it goes back in time to the early early years of Hitler, I guess. And then he, he shoots more and eventually it goes into a picture of baby Hitler and his mother. He doesn't shoot at all. He just drops a gun. And to me, it's a very powerful image. And the whole idea of would you go back in time to kill baby Hitler? I don't think he would. Um, I don't know because this is just a movie. And although the, the director, I, I, and I'm, and I'm thinking he wouldn't because the way it ends like it's not glorious like it could have just shown baby hitler and then him take one last shot as in like fuck you but it doesn't it shows that although he hates these people so much he won't go to the depths that they will and i think that's really powerful and and i and i began this talking about propaganda because a lot of war movies especially world war ii movies want to show i guess not the horrors i guess i guess i should say you have two two sets of world war ii movies you have ones that want to show you that america kicked ass you have the others that want to show you the horrors that happened to the people in internment camps or you sh or i guess the jews but you seldomly see the horrors that had happened to like everyday people and that just went about their days trying to survive because the villages in Belarus, there was nothing they could do. They weren't, they weren't, they didn't have 
the strength and arms. But, uh, yeah. Um, it's like with the new Top Gun. Who were the villains? They never said. You can't say China because then you can't open the movie in China. You can't say Russia. It's overplayed, although Russia is our big bad. So you got a few types of propaganda. You got propaganda of the past to show you how great we are. You got propaganda of the present to show you what we should be fearing, what we should be looking forward to. Um, We kind of call that predictive programming here. Um, I, I guess some of the, I, I, uh, the information I shared earlier about the, um, the, uh, why can't I think right now, uh, the wearable trackable devices, I get, I shared that to somebody and I, and they said that was in an episode of Black Mirror. How interesting. Predictive programming. Um, You can say that's propaganda. I say it's propaganda. You can say it's whatever it is. But uh, I really fear for what lies ahead because maybe I should not look into the things that I do that scare me and why I don't have a smile on my face. Because I don't think that woman knows about some of this stuff that I discussed. I don't think the woman really knows or cares much about Epstein. I'm I'm not looking into Epstein right now, but I'm listening to the audiobook by the guy that published the Epstein books. called the Franklin scandal. And the Franklin scandal was another low-level Jeffrey Epstein in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And if you look into that, everything says it's not true and it's debunked. But if you listen to the book, you should make up your own ideas and keep the simple fact that Epstein did it for what 20 years and uh, it's still happening today and um, maybe that's why I'm not smiling woman maybe I should have told her why would I smile when there's children being taken and molested probably right now And then, if she's still smiling, I should go, Woman, I knew I was right about you. I see through those careless eyes, through that fake smile. I see that you're a demon. I see that you go about your way to make everyone else miserable. And maybe you should just kill yourself. And then, I smile. And I walk away.